What's going on, everybody? How you do? How you all doing? Welcome to Good Vibes with Jason B. of Brown Minds More uh, Podcast. So it's Monday morning, drinking my coffee, just taking a few moments uh, just for myself, and wanted to make a little bit of a podcast. If you're listening with your kids, please don't listen with your kids, because I'm probably going to be vulgar on this episode, so I'm giving forewarning right now as we speak. Got a few different issues to kind of address. I've been hearing some people complain about, you know, things in life, you know, how they should be, da, 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 da. And I just want to kind of put my two cents into it all. So stay tuned and we'll be right back, okay? warrior thank you for dropping by marie humphreys thank you for dropping by dwan aka dwan and only aka fried oreo uh definitely thank you for dropping by and all those who you're listening and continue to listen my listenership has according to the analytics has dropped a little bit but i know exactly why um it takes you know uh, promotion and definitely takes persistence you have to constantly work at this and you got to create really good shit that basically people want to listen to what have we learned what's going on what's going down i have been making very many episodes i just made a couple episodes last week just just to put some in the can but you know i'm learning so much other stuff while i'm offline as well as doing my regular duties this is dad uh, this weekend was a really good weekend i definitely have to say that um, Sunday, me and my uh, my 11-year-old, she had her first swim meet of this year and definitely showed a lot of room where she needs to work on. Um, she took it really hard because she finished last in every single race that she, she was and she was in the slowest heats of all the heats. So now it's kind of come to reality when you see your kid kind of go through transition saying, I just don't want to finish last. I just don't want to be there. I don't want to be in this position. And, you know, you, you, as a parent, you have these talks with your kid, you tell them basically, you know, your, your practice is a reflection, you know, of where you're performing now. And my daughter wanted to go to this other competitive team so she could practice harder and work more. But, you know, I just don't feel she's quite ready for that. You know, she, I feel my daughter needs to gain a a perspective and a competitive edge where she can go further and definitely work harder on her things so we're going to talk a little bit about that so that's the first issue is um, parenting an athlete a lot of us want our our kids to be good athletes and you know some of us want our kids to be pros you know that they think that's the only way out i was just listening to what's his name uh, Jay Moody uh, here on Anchor.fm, and he was talking about how he thinks that college athletes, the upper college athletes, should be paid. I'm on the perspective I don't think they should, but I do not think they should be limited to have to play college basketball or college football, you know, before they have to go to the pros. Because, like, those leagues are kind of like the prepping for being a professional athlete if you really think about it and 
weeding out a lot of bad injuries, bad habits, uh, people that are, they have their peak at maybe 21, 20 years old. And then after that, they're just garbage, you know? I mean, I was reflecting on guys like Christian Leitner in his career. I mean, he had a great college career, but when it came down to a professional career, I mean, I think he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I mean, he was so-so, but he wasn't like, you know, I think he was like the number one pick in the draft of the year that was it 93 or 94, whatever year it was that he played and professional basketball and then it goes on to so on and so forth so not to get off track you know you want your kids to be competitive and I come from an era where there wasn't much money um, for playing sports if you wanted to play sports you had to raise it you had to go out and mow lawns deliver papers you had to do whatever you do because a lot of times joining said like even Little League was not cheap my mom having three kids you know, it wasn't easy for her to get me to practice. So the way that I had to go to practice is if either I got a ride, I rode my bike or I walked. And sometimes practice would be clear across town. So how am I going to get to practice? What am I going to do? Am I even going to get to play? And these were things that I definitely faced, but then I found um, my love of the sport and I got distracted because of coaches. I got distracted on exterior reasons and not focus on what was going on when it came to baseball per se. And then I found running, you know, I was a really good runner for my level, my academia for what I wanted to do. And I did, I made some accomplishments and I'm very proud of myself for what I've done. And now I'm seeing the same problems that I had that my daughter is dealing with. And that's pretty hard, you know, because you want, I mean, I think like, well, what if my parents would have been able to be there to encourage me to be able to make sure that I had been to enough practices preparing you, it goes on and on and on. And ever since Tiger Woods hit the scene, you know, way back when, you know, and um, I mean, he was practicing every single day since he was like three years old, he was hitting a golf club you know, farther than most people. And now a lot of people, because of that model, they, uh, they push their kids, they overpractice them. They put them in year round sports. If you want to get good, that's what you have to do. And especially in the sport of swimming, swimming is not something that's like you get to go do, I would say just for a couple months and then you're good. No, it's a constant progression, you know, and there's also sports like soccer. It's a constant progression. Basketball, constant progression. Baseball, very mechanical and has to be progressional. I mean, it, these kids have to go to clinics and learn how to defensive play and learn bats and bat speed. And, you know, there's so many different aspects and just enjoying the game, enjoying the sport. Because if they want to be competitive, they have to take in those aspects of going to clinics and my 11 year old she's only been doing swimming this is her second year going into her third year round and the unfortunate thing about Bella was that her coach that would Tom Tom Downer he died uh, December 27th 2018 and it was an unsuspected death 
and he meant a lot to her you know she only got like i think it was like four months five months of coat of his tutelage his coaching he got on the water he got involved with the kids you know he was teaching her right habits you know and now i'm starting to see some of these sloppier habits and i'm not liking it I'm really not liking it and i've come across other parents who'd be telling me like oh why are you guys still with that team you know the coaches are not all there and i'm just like i don't feel like bad mouthing any coaches that are left over in her in her program i just like look if she's practicing she's swimming she's she's the one that's going to benefit from this not me i'm just the spectator and that's really what you need to do um, when it comes to parenting your child athlete one of the biggest aspects i can tell you is no matter how well you want your kid to train if it's not in them if it's not in them to compete right away step back let them come to their conclusions and then what here's one of the conclusions that my daughter happened to say after the meet on Sunday and she goes dad I don't want to I don't want to keep going with this team I just don't feel like I was good enough and I said what do you mean not good enough she's all what about those other girls in my other races they weren't they had no times I said okay something to think about but let me ask you this did you practice with the intent of training hard to win races that's all i gotta ask and she's like i don't know and i said i think you know the answer because like i told you the reflection of your work in the pool on practice is a reflection on the course so here's what i see and i don't want you to take it hard i don't want you to to be mad or upset I want you to just think and listen to what I'm saying how many practices did you miss in the last couple months like at least four or five four or five too many were you sick most of those no only like two of them okay so three practices you missed because why well I had some family things and I want to go hang out with my stepbrother and da 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 and I'm just like okay so five practices in the last two months you only get four four days a week that you practice that's you know four times eight you know and you need to think about that well no that's not even the right mathematics four times a week times eight weeks so that's eight 16 that's one month wow so i'm thinking about it out loud you know it's 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 it may seem like it's a lot of practices but it's not you know what i mean it's really not not at all and not enough and the math comes out to four practices a week times eight is 32 practices 32 practices minus five so that's almost a quarter of your practices that's a, almost one week it's time lost and 
I said, I don't want you to take this to heart of what you didn't do. So let's focus on what we can do. And if you, when I, when someone says to you, and this is what I'm telling my daughter, I'm saying, if someone tells you, do your absolute best, this is what your absolute best. I said, remember some of the races you finished where you had no breath at all. You were just so tired that just like you were just done. So yeah, actually that's the way you need to, you need to practice. And so, um, she, she was thinking, she's like, well, can I go back to tiger aquatics, you know, sometime soon? And I said, I don't think it'd be a good idea right now because everyone's trying to prepare for the summer leagues and summer league is what they call club club. It lasts for like anywhere from six to eight weeks and that's it. Their competitiveness they only swim 50s like they'll do 50 im 50 freestyle 50 butterfly breaststroke so on and so forth so when you do year-round competitive you can swim 50s 100s 200s and even 500s in certain races and it depends on the on the kids group if you know what i'm saying So before I was very being trying to be instrumental and trying to push my daughter, my daughter would feel like she's embarrassed of me. You know, when I'd be talking to her in practice, I'd catch her socializing too much in practice and not focusing on where she's at in the water. You know, she'd get really down on herself yesterday and she's like, why am I always last? And I said, you need to stop thinking that way. This is your first meet back. What do you want to do about it next time? work hard well how long till my next meet and I said well right now all the long courses are closed out which long courses mean like the whole weekend to swim so Saturday and Sunday or sometimes Friday and Saturday and Sunday I said you got a while you got two months but you got like almost the same amount of time before you start summer season so let's take right now and look at what we got to do right now so when you go to practice you're swimming hard you're going 70 percent 60 percent 80 percent of what you are meant to do you know and you train up to that and you build to be stronger the next thing you got to do you got to find the fastest swimmer on the team if you're not it and you need to train with them and happens to be one of her good friends you know, she has a couple good friends that are really competitive athletes. So I said the next thing, have fun doing it. And you can either do it when you're mad and you just don't want to lose, but you're racing against time, not place. Everyone races against time when it comes to swimming, track and field, cross country. Doesn't matter. It's all time. Doesn't matter. If you got first place today, it could be a last place in another race somewhere else because of the field. I said, it's much harder, I told her, but you'll find reward. And I said, here's what we're going to do. You're just going to practice hard. And I said, you tell me what you're going to stop doing. She's like, I'm going to stop talking too much to my friends. I said, well, talk to your friends, but just be careful. Just be mindful. You know, like too much chatter is not a good thing. Because the kids that want to compete, they'll compete. The kids that want to just have fun, 
they'll just have fun. But you got to choose. What do you want? Well, I want to compete. And I'm all, why do you want to win? Because it's for myself. I want to show, prove that I can do it. I said, that's a very good answer. It's very good, Bella. You know, I told her and I said, okay, so we, we wrote down our times. We know what we got to work on and what times to be competitive. And she's just like, yeah. And she's like, dad, I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you sorry about? She's all, well, telling you I was embarrassed and stuff. I said, don't worry about it. You're the athlete now, not me. So just take that in consideration. And she was just like, yeah, it's, it really, she's all, you are right. I'm all, what am I right about? She's all losing as an attitude. And I said, well, now you got to stop wanting to be around small, small groups. Focus on being on the groups that you want to compete. And we're not always going to qualify for everything that we want. You know, I told her there were times I didn't even qualify for meets. And she's just like, you didn't? I said, yeah, there were times in the beginning that I didn't, you know, I didn't get what I wanted. And it took work and it took me getting upset and losing. And I said, losing, losing is a tool if you use it right. And if you don't use it as a tool, then you got problems. And she's all, what do you mean? She's all, well, a lot of people, they play video games, right? They lose, they just restart. They don't realize what the, you know, sometimes a loss can, you know, make you do better. Like you range, like I, a loss sometimes represents that you didn't give your best that day, that you gave part of it, you know? And sometimes when you're in the middle of racing, and it really doesn't matter what it is, whether it be running or swimming, you don't realize like sometimes you're just doing it, but you don't realize you're tired. And it's like, you got actually got to see something. So one of the things I teach my daughter in swimming is never look to your side at the next person next to you. You need to focus on being forward or getting across that pool as fast as you can. And she's like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. So my daughter learned some very valuable lessons, and I hope that it changes because I don't want her to be demotivated. You know, that's one of the things is just like keeping a child's motivation. And like I was telling people earlier, or telling you earlier, not everyone, not every kid is meant to be like a Tiger Woods. And you cannot be the helicopter parent in your sport over and over and over, but you do need to remind your kids of the valuable lessons of what sports can teach you, how you can work together with people and how you can challenge yourself and do your best. That's really where it's at people challenging yourself to do your absolute best. And and what is the prize from doing your best? There are some people that are just outright better than you. And you gotta, you gotta realize the power of that. So when you realize the power of all that, you know, you applaud them, you appreciate them. They have an ability or talent or strength. That's cool. You know, because there was guys that beat me. You know, I, I just even flashing back. I remember, I remember the Junior Olympics um, in 1990. 
90? Yeah. And... And we're sorry about that. I had a phone call coming in, so it kind of interrupted my recording. So the basic principle, of what I was trying to get at, was uh, be careful when you're parenting your your child to be of excellence. You can overtrain them and you can hurt them, and you can set them up for failure. As long as they know why they're competing in the sport and they're playing the sport, and it may be their sport, that's all that matters. And that's what I can tell you. So we're going to go on to our next subject about reactive situations. Name speaking about trying something as opposed to committing to something. So lately, I've come across quite a few people that want to start businesses, and they. They have these great ideas, really amazing ideas, and actually pretty cool business names, if you ask me. But the thing is, is like, I hear, I know information, I know advice, and I was a little hesitant to tell some of them my advice because I don't have my, I mean, I, I said, I guess I do have my own business started in a way, but not to my liking of the way I want it to be exactly, but I'm working on that. And that's really where personal branding is coming into play is I'm working on my personal brand, developing my my reputation. So I've been listening to people who they're sick of working for somebody else. They're sick of working for a company that doesn't pay them. You know, the values of old don't correlate with today. And some of those companies or corporations use the old value systems to use against them. They they levy the, let's give that little extra today and make our customers happy. But the employers don't want to pay more. So that's very, very important. I think, in my opinion, it's either you have the motivation to develop a business or you don't. And... I've heard excuses like, well, I'm afraid of certain people trying to come after me. I've heard, well, I don't have that kind of money for backing right now. I don't have this, I don't have that. And what I notice is the people that have created businesses, I like some of their perspectives. And this is where I'm going to call this this part of the segment work like an immigrant and I don't mean that to be offensive at all because I've met a lot of people that have immigrated to the United States worked a job for somebody for a while used it as a tool then they went and started their own business I have a few Arabic friends who you know they came from Jordan United Emirates Saudi Arabia and they own I mean, don't laugh at this, but some of them own subways, some of them own liquor stores, some of them own shipping, like UPS or something like that, shipping centers, they, various different jobs. And I see 
that they work at it like there's no insurance policy, like they are going to make it work or not at all. So in comparison to the people that I know that have great ideas, they were talking about, I don't have this and have that. And I think about my immigrant friends. Not once did I ever hear them come up with an excuse of why they didn't want to go forward with their business. So no matter what you do, no matter where you go, you're always going to work for somebody. That's first and foremost. That's the most important thing. Second thing, you got to know the value of what you're giving, what you're exchanging. We exchange our time, our ability, our knowledge for money. Somebody has a need. They say, okay, I want you to, I want you to go dig ditches. for $18 an hour. All you gotta do is just dig $18 an hour. And maybe you thought about it or didn't think about it. So think to yourself, $18 could be a lot of money. But then you get into the job and you find out how labor intensive it is. And you happen to actually have a skill, say like running a backhoe or you know, a jackhammer. So dig those ditches, you gotta get through some concrete. And your boss has a jackhammer. And you know how to use it, but the guy that usually uses it is not there. The guy calls in sick. You go to your employer and say, hey, I know how to work a jackhammer. And what does the boss say? We'll go ahead and work the jackhammer. Go ahead. But you're only paying $18 to dig to um, to dig ditches. And here's the opportune moment. This is where in the story it gets interesting. So now you're trained how to use a jackhammer, trained how to use a backhoe. Okay, jackhammer's used, gets the assignment done, clears out the way, and you go back to digging ditches, $18 an hour. But then you go and find out the guy that runs the jackhammer gets paid $24 an hour. So you go to your boss and saying, hey, I'd like to do a little more than just dig ditches. I can run heavy equipment. I can run a jackhammer back out. Oh, really? That's so great. Let's see how you do it. So you go and you perform the duties and you do it just well. Okay. So it's giving extra. Then you go to the, the employer and say, well, I'm paying you $18 an hour. You won't have to do it that often. Just do, do it for now. You know, just a couple assignments. And that's your opportune moment to kind of identify the problem. If you're always offering if you're offering extra before negotiating compensation you're setting yourself up for failure because if the employer doesn't have to pay you more an hour and you just go and do it and you tell them you can and you do it some people have a conscience and will pay you more and others won't a lot of times they won't they'll just take advantage of you 
So where's the fine line of negotiating and knowing those people that will pay you a little bit more money now that you have the skill? So one of the things I would tell people, you know, some of my friends in negotiating price is when you approach that employer or the boss, the foreman, you just say, hey, um, I like to advance my skills. I've been working here two, you know, two years digging ditches or whatever, whatever the time is. I'd like to do more. What would it take for me to run that jackhammer or even run a backhoe? I mean, I know you pay them. I know it has to earn more money because it's a specialized skill. What would I have to do? Well, and the employer says to you, well, you'd have to, I'm sure you'd have to go to school and be trained. And I'm like, well, believe it or not, I've already been to school. I've already been trained. I know how to use that equipment. Let's negotiate. I'll do a sample for you. If it works out, I'd like to advance my skills. That's pretty much all as simple as, as I possibly could say it to you. And so the thing is, is like you go to the employer and he says, okay, well, we'll check you out. You know, I'm so glad. Yeah, I have an opportunity for you. Uh, someone so David didn't show up today. I, maybe I can pay you, you know, instead of 18, how about, uh, you know, whether it be $24 an hour for running the, the jackhammer or the backhoe, whatever. And you say, okay, I'll go for it. So then you've opened up the avenue of being a skilled worker into advancing your own your own situation from going from the ditch digger to the jackhammer guy or the backhoe guy. And that that's very important because you have to identify what your skill set is, what your strengths are, what you can work towards, and how you if you're not asking and you're just assuming that someone else is gonna identify that you're going to do the good work and they're not going to pay you and thinking that they're going to pay you extra because it's good work. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got another thing coming to you. It might not work out. It may work to your disadvantage, but keep in mind, say like you continue to work for that company, you put in experience and time to run that jackhammer and that backhoe. Now, you have a bartering tool you can levy. You can go look for a competitor. You can look at another company. I'm saying, hey, I've got, you know, I've worked in two years working a backhoe or a jackhammer. You know, I'm looking for opportunities. What do you have? To, you have anything to offer or you have any positions available? And that's the, the beauty of it. So you can use your experience and go towards the you know you find that opportunity with that job and you use it and then in the meantime when you're getting ready to leave the company that you're with and you're saying you know what you say like you put in your two-week notice this is another beautiful thing about levying your experience playing towards your strengths as i call it you tell the employer I'm leaving. I'm going to be working for another company. It's going to be compensating me much more than the company you work for now. All of a sudden says, 
You know what? How about I offer you, I make you a counter offer. You know what I mean? So, I'm making you a counter offer. I'll pay you $30 now to do what you do. But keep in mind that $30 is only an increase because he doesn't want to lose you. So think about how you were treated in the life experience of your uh, of your employment. And then you think, okay. So it's an exchange. And if you constantly recognize the exchange, doesn't matter what it is, whether you're working for yourself or working for somebody, you gotta know the power of the exchange. You gotta know that you're not hopeless. There are so many unemployed people out there because they don't know where, how they can start and the resources out there. I heard one podcaster was talking about basically that there was, you know, that they had to learn algebra and calculus in school, but they don't use that shit at all. And to be honest with you, he's right. Algebra can be valuable if you know how to use it in everyday situations, but what's the likelihood of that happening? What you can learn, which algebra connects to, in finance. Finance operates on algorithms, um, investment points, depreciation. So you got to know accounting. You got to learn how to solve equations, complex equations, complex problems for expense costs, for profit margining, so on and so forth. So people don't realize... How can I connect algebra to personal finance? How can I use calculus or trigonometry or geometry for my advantage? Well, if you're not looking for it and you're not keeping your eyes open for it, well, how do you expect to? So getting back to my point about those people who uh, were trying to create businesses and they're just like, they're lazy as fuck. I'm just going to say it. They're fucking lazy. They have all these tools, they have all these opportunities, they have all this free information out there, and they're scared. They're fucking scared. They're not depending on it because they have maybe their family, their friends, or they have another financial resource to back them up in case they fail. And this is where working like an immigrant comes into play. You're, you're working like you have no insurance policy. You're trying to maximize your opportunity and your efforts because of your abilities, because of what you possess. You're offering a service. And just like my example with the guy who was digging ditches, you gotta know, understand that when you are working your strengths and you want it career advancement or opportunity advancement, you got to open up your eyes. You got to use everything that you have accessible to you. Say like if you don't know how to, you need to go to administrative kind of work and you don't know how to use Microsoft Word. Well, believe it or not, there's a lot of free information of how to use it and there's a lot of YouTube videos open there for you. So it's kind of interesting if you ask me. And I'll tell you what, the immigrants that I have met, they take advantage of all that shit. 
they really do fucking look at every aspect of making more money and they bank it and they save it and they invest in their family and teach their other family members like hey our cultural value says if you want to have a good life you got to have something in savings we all build as a family as a tribe so that's important it's important of how you value your work no matter what you're always going to be working with somebody else or for somebody else at some point you're always selling yourself and you're selling your skills you're selling your ability you're selling your time in exchange for money what does money do if you look at the actual bills and let me pull one out and i will read front and back let's see let's look at what's the closest bill that i have okay i have a 20 dollars bill has Andrew Jackson on the front and it says Federal Reserve note okay Federal Reserve and it has some identification numbers on it it says this note is a legal tender for all debts public and private and then it says the United States of America $20 bill, then it has the crest, Treasury of the United States. Now here's a little fun fact about the Federal Reserve. It's not a part of our government. It's a private bank. But the Treasury uses the reserve as a guarantor. Then on the back it says, the United States of America, in God we trust, $20. And then it shows the White House. So notice the key on that $20 bill the, this and it's on every other bill too this note is a legal tender for all debts public and private that means it's an acceptable trade so that's what you're doing is you're really trading trade your value trade you know and if you're not getting paid your value don't be mad at the system no god no i would not don't be even upset and and I'll tell you why because you make the agreement you're responsible you're 110% responsible for your work and if you argue with your boss too much like I heard a couple podcasters talk about they said their mouths get them in trouble let me break it to you you agree to exchange your time and money or your time and effort not for your creativity but for your ability now i'm not saying to ignore creativity but if you're not a shot caller and you're just a grunt regular worker you're not asked to make decisions you're asked to execute decisions and i can see that happening i can see people getting pissed off like there's more efficient way of doing something better say like an old guy says no we've always done it this way i don't want to change okay that's your that's what you've agreed to accept now after you complete the job or the day just when you go to your boss say could we explore these other options i have some ideas that maybe can make and can we negotiate maybe put on the table a pay raise there you go that's your opportunity well that's all the time i have for this particular part of the episode um, and I will be back.
Now we're going to um, take a few call-ins over the weekend. A few people have called in, and I appreciate their time. And I just want to say that uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll be hearing from a few callers. All right. Hey, what's up, Jason B? Has anybody ever called you and asked you if your refrigerator is running or if you have Prince Albert in a can? I mean, why would I have Prince Albert in a can? Isn't that where it's supposed to be, like, in your a zipper pocket thing, you know? Isn't that an earring where your, you know, thing is? Anyway, somebody called me up and asked me about that today. I'm just letting you know that I'm calling you to let you know that I'm shouting you out tonight. And uh, I'm also going to shout out the dude that asked me about Prince Albert. Anyway, peace. AC got a guru. I'm out. Thanks for listening. Okay, so let's finish the show off with a motivational moment. So we talked about some serious things and definitely hopefully I've opened your perspectives and your horizons about your work. And I really do hope that we all succeed in our endeavors. I think one of the most important things that you can ever do for yourself is how to invest, knowing to invest and making your resources abundant. And it doesn't matter just the money. It could be your home and other things. Make the best out of your opportunities. Don't think about how you can spend and have a good time, but think about how you can save and have more for the future. It doesn't matter how you how much money you make. If you can't save a dime, you can't go anywhere. When they say more money equals more problems, that's a pessimistic view. More money can be an opportunity for you to grow. Well, thank you for listening for Good Vibes of Jason B. A Broad Minds and More podcast. I look forward to your feedback. If you're here on Anchor.fm, leave an applaud or even give me a call in. Love to hear your perspectives on what I've been talking about. If you're on uh, other, any other platforms, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, doesn't matter where you're listening to me, um, definitely feel free that you can you can reach out to me. You can write to me at my email. W, uh, what is it? Good Vibes Jason B. Yeah, goodvibesjasonb at gmail.com. Sorry, I had to think about that for a second. I always uh, accept emails and I look forward to them. I've gotten a few. Thank you, those who have written in. I, they've asked me to be uh, keep their comments private, so I definitely will do that. So if you have an issue where you don't want your to be mentioned on the show, that's fine. But feel free to, to give your two cents. Well, have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>